and Rise fam, it is I, Nita Rowe, Editor-in-Chief of Black Skin Mag, a magazine for the people, with the people, and about the people. I like to always start with a quote. It is an unhappy truth that racism is a way of life for the vast majority of white Americans. Spoken and unspoken, acknowledged and denied, subtle and sometimes not so subtle. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm in need of some forgiveness. I had planned the taping of the last podcast. I was all set to record and my spirit wasn't settled with it. So instead of recording something that wasn't meant for this time but another time, I decided to wait. And for that, I asked for forgiveness. Those that know me well know that I move with guidance. Others may feel it's inconclusive or sporadic or even all over the place at times. However, it's my path and I like to travel the way I'm supposed to go. So for that, I don't apologize. What I do apologize for is making a promise I didn't keep. That's not a habit I like to practice. So with that being said, welcome. Lately, I've been feeling as if I'm living in a twilight zone. The recent events have everyone adjusting to a new way of life that really isn't fit for any human experience. I look around and see human life diminishing. The harsh reality is we have even taken a huge appreciation for fresh air. Something that all of us, at one time or another, have taken for granted. I bet some of you have had a harsh reality when it comes to your breath. You can only relate when it's affecting you. I'm sure mouthwash and breath mints have been selling at a record high. Something you might want to consider buying stock in. I digress. Living in Twilight Zone, I'm able to take a step back and examine life and what it means to me. And what it means to you so many opinions on how and why we're going through such a pathetic time. The outcries are now not just coming from our people, but all people. We're all coexisting in a world that was designed out of malice and greed, and the ones who once thought they were free are now living among the trapped, realizing that the freedom is a state of mind, not position. Yet so many still wonder how we as a people manage not only to survive, but thrive. Is our present state really a surprise? Since the beginning of America's existence, there has been a master plan regarding its blueprint. The history of America is a very misinterpreted and misguided one. The stories that have been passed on have always shined light on the oppressor while casting a very dark shadow on the oppressed. We have always lived in two separate worlds, miles and miles apart, only now In our present predicament, do our two worlds collide? I'll explain. Let's travel back in time. Use your mind. The time, it was late August, around August 20th, about 401 years ago. A ship pulls into port, carrying precious cargo, human life. The ship's name, the White Line. Nothing like the name. It's dark, damp, dank, and dismal a cargo ship designed to carry cargo. There's no cabins or beds to sleep in. Just hard, splintered wood scraping off human flesh. Every time the ship sways, more flesh is pulled. Shackled and confined to the unbearable quarters. Tight, the bottom of the ship, the floor is damp with human waste which you can't escape from. You're unable to stretch or stand. You're stuck like caged animals. Although there are no animals to be found. 
on board are 20 or so petrified Africans, chained, mishandled, mistreated, and bound to a life of bondage. Now entering a world, a different world, not fit for a king or a queen, but instead fit for the heinous and hungry. Point Comfort, known today as Hampton, Virginia, was nothing like home to the captured Africans. Coming from a civilized country, Ndanga, which is N-D-O-N-G-A, known today as Angola. Captured, kidnapped, and sold as chattel for food and supplies. Now separated and spread out among the colonies to work and build what today we call America. The plan worked so well that the Europeans, now today called whites, I'll explain that transformation another time during another segment, traveled back to collect more Africans, introducing the transatlantic slave trade, taking human life and training them to be human pets, manipulating their minds to appreciate bondage, set up a, setting up a system designed to keep the whites in control, starting with religion. This was a system designed to separate the masses Fear can make you either falter, flee, or kill. Many faltered, giving way to their beliefs and practices, learning a new system of survival, taking up the practices of their oppressors for a small reward. Having to conform to their way of thinking and living for a moment of rest and peace was pretty much their norm, hence the Sabbath. The question I always ask is, who created the Sabbath? When Africans created the system that calculated days, using astronomy, the solar and lunar system, so, a system that was created by us was instead used for us, creating what we call today the Gregorian calendar, which was introduced in October of 1582, which was really 37 years prior to the bringing of the first African to Point Comfort, Virginia. The system that we created was created to produce seasons for crops and planting and building, not to create control. And now the reason why I say that is because if we look back in the Bible, Deuteronomy 5, 12, 15 reads, Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within the gates. That thy manservant and maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou was a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched arm, stretched out arm, excuse me. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. The start of Christianity as we know it as Africans. Now that I've enlightened you on the American history, it's just that. His story, not our story. I will now explain the future of our people in this land we call America. But before I do that, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge our sponsors. Black Tribe, it is I, Nita Rowe, Editor-in-Chief of Black Skin Mag, a magazine for the people, with the people, and about the people. 
I would like to introduce our today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is awesome. It's downloadable. You can use it for your mobile, your PC, and me. And guess what? It's free. Download today. Anchor. Welcome back, Black Tribe. Now, as I've always said, I can only speak from my personal experience. So what I say and do is only a reflection of who I am as a spirit being living in this flesh. I say that to say this. I truly believe that it's impossible. It is really impossible. Like, almost. Like, you can't do it. You will not be able to do this. I mean, just try it. It's impossible to know where you're going if you have no clue where you've been. There's so many of us floundering around because we have not a clue on who we are or what we have accomplished as a people. Before the day of our demise, <laughs> we were we were outstanding as a culture. And it's crazy because our projected future as a people is very dim if we don't take into consideration our ancestors. The reason being, our soul survival is based off of their will to live, despite whatever they had to endure. The whole makeup of our existence here was to control and conquer. It was never designed for us to ever be free. That wasn't the plan. The plan was to entrap a group of beings capable of creating wealth for the greedy. Never were we ever meant to thrive. That was never the intentions. We were never supposed to thrive on their level of success. Never were we meant to escape the bondage that was implemented, implemented on us. That was never the plan. And because we are a people that move and operate differently, white America was able to implement a system that would keep us in total bondage, shackled by invisible restraints. What they produced was a system of laws that would keep and control us, the black population. They adopted philosophies that they still use today. It's kind of like my rules, my house. Although, it's not your house at all. Sure, you built it with your sweat, blood, and tears. The black ink that wrote on the brown paper. You know, because back then it wasn't white. It states that you, along with the land, are all property of the white man. Hence the deeds, the titles, and the loans. Hell, I'm in that cycle too right now. What was created was a system that white America used and is still using. It's been passed on from generation to generation. And what that was, was dictation. The rules, the writings, the govern. Rules to govern. Now let's analyze the word govern. Govern in a dictionary. To rule over the right of authority. Now, I ask the question, whose authority? Now, to exercise a directing or restraining influence over or to guide, to hold in check, to control, to serve as or to constitute a law for, to regulate the speed of with a governor, leader, boss, ruler. I put that in there. To exercise the function of government and to have predominating influence. And let's take a closer look at some of those regulations and rules that they put into place. 157 years of slavery. Who did that regulate? 100 years of Jim Crow. 
For those who aren't quite familiar with the Jim Crow laws, it was a set of laws created by a collection of state and local statutes that legalized racial, racial segregation, named after the Black Minstrel Show. Now, for those who don't know what the Black Minstrel Show is or minstrel shows, um, those are performances that were done by white people that painted their faces black, mocking black people. We call it blackface. Now, some black performers were subjected to such buffoonery. I mean, they had to do it in order to stay in show business. Burt Williams was one of the who mastered that concept completely. He took the buffoonery and made it art. So for that, I commend him. Now that I enlightened you, let's continue on. The Jim Crow laws were set into motion to marginalize Africans, now Americans, by preventing them to right to vote, hold jobs, or get education, not to mention any other opportunity that whites had or were awarded. Those who attempted to defy and reject the Jim Crow laws were often subjected to high fines that they couldn't pay, jail time with lengthy sentences, violence, and even death. Infused fear is what I call it. Next, we have Black Code, or Black Laws. These laws were passed in 1865-1866, shortly after the Emancipation Proclamation. These laws were enforced by the Southern states to restrict African, now Americans, freedom, to compel them to work for low wages. The Black Code did exist in the Northern states. However, it was the Southern states that codified such laws in everyday living. So this was now the norm in the South. It was recorded in 1832. James Kent, an American jurist or judge or law scholar, whatever you want to call him, wrote that in most of the United States, there is a distinction in respect to political privileges between free white persons and free colored persons of African blood. And in no part of the country do the latter in point of fact, now let me say it again, participate equally with whites in the exercise of civil and political rights. Does this sound familiar? Now for those who didn't hear that, let me say it again. It was written that in most of the United States, there is a distinction in respect to political privileges between free white persons and free colored persons of African blood. And in no part of the country do the latter, in point of fact, participate equally with the whites in the exercise of civil and political rights. Now, since the colonial period, states and colonies have passed laws that have restricted and discriminated against free blacks. They were generally included in the slave codes. The goal was to reduce the influence of free blacks. Restrictions included bearing arms, voting, gathering in groups for worship, hmm, that's funny, and learning to read and write, something we now are forced to do as a people. And that's sad. As time continues, we're faced with more and more obstacles. It's just, they just keep going and going as generations continue. New legislation come in, old ones go out, but the rules still stay the same. The legal system was put into place to control the blacks, now citizens of America. Now, this system was designed by Confederate soldiers working as police and judges. There, this system was created, making it difficult for African, now Americans, to win in court. 
ensuring that they are subject to the black code when they do go to court. These codes work along with the labor camps for incarcerated. Okay, so if you're in jail, these rules are going to apply to you, but who was jail for? Jail was for the blacks. It was never meant for white people to be in jail. A practice that is still implemented today. The prison systems are just modern day plantations. It's just some of the weak get caught up in it. So, but it wasn't designed for the whites. It was really designed for the blacks. We just have those, as like everything else, they get caught up in the web. And those just happen to be the ones they call expendable. I digress. Okay, with that being said, the jail systems and the prison systems, they have the same accommodations as they did as enslaved 400 years ago. Now, that's crazy. You think? Not really. Black offenders, now pay attention to the word offender. A person or thing that offends, does something wrong, or causes problems. Black offenders were, and still are given longer sentences due to the stamina and ability to outwork their white counterparts. Whites typically didn't live out their sentences due to the grueling work. So, with that being said, it was making it impossible to collect money on them. So let's move on. Traveling down the timeline of our existence in America, now implementing separate but equal, although we have yet to see that. The rules and regulations continue to grow, as we continue to persevere, each generation is faced with new regulations to control the masses, creating laws and organizations to control the black population. Killing was necessary when the rebellions got out of control. The most ruthless organization of the Jim Crow era was, in fact, the Ku Klux Klan, which originated in 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee, a private club for Confederate veterans. Just two years after what? Emancipation Proclamation. This taking place during the Reconstruction Era. The violence was increasing, making everyday life for the blacks overwhelming. Danger became a regular temperament for the black population, injecting fear in the black community. There we go again. That infusion. Black schools and churches were vandalized. Lynchings became a way of life and punishment for the black people. Just by disobeying the rules or just by being black and white America. Families were attacked and forced off their lands. Husbands lynched, wives raped, children tormented. The demise of black family. So, what are we faced with now? When looking at our past, I can almost write our future for the people that live in this land of the free. We are facing modern day slavery as we speak. And if we don't catch the habits of our people, we will continue to, sl- to be slaves for the white man. The plan is still in motion to subdue the black population. The inequality that we face in housing, schools, real estate, and businesses is very prevalent. If we refuse to educate our own, we are looking at 286 years before the average black family can accumulate the same amount of wealth as the white counterparts. And did you hear what I said? 286 years. The same study shows that the Hispanic population, it will only take them 86 years. That's 200 years faster than the black population. Although families of color will take up most of the population, the majority of black families will still be living below poverty 
and in poverty. Expanded families will experience ownership before black families. <laughs> Can you even figure that out? Can you figure out why? La Familia. That's right, the family. Because of our past, we find it very difficult to establish family or familiar, is what I like to say. Being comfortable around your own, recognizing something relatable. We as a people have lost the concept completely. It's not totally our fault that we suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome. However, it is our fault that we won't get help. We need to get healed. We continue as a people to separate ourselves from ourselves, not establishment, no establishment of unity for the greater good, not even of our own. We are the only group of people that will look down on one another just for any type of reason. We look down on our own for improper speech on a language that wasn't never our own. We have the house nigga syndrome when it comes to our own. We have mastered the master's behavior. I say that to say this. We as a people have always learned through our six senses. Touch, speech, seeing, moving, hearing, and intuition. That's the Holy Spirit's guide for us. With such gifts that are given to us, how is it we still manage to be the last on the totem pole? It's that separate but equal philosophy that we have adopted. Instead of each one teach one, we've adopted everyone for themselves. With that posture, it's evident that the house we build will crumble and fall. Until we understand that it takes a village, a community to accomplish what we seek, we will never conquer the system that was built to destroy us. We have adapted to our current state and we've become comfortable being caged. Instead of gratification, it's a norm for us. Instant gratification. Do you even know what that is? That's buying those sneakers, those Jordans, or those Nikes instead of putting stock in the Nike stock. You spend $200 on sneakers, but you could have put $200 on that same stock. It's the instant gratification that we have. Buying red bottoms now, yet those would never be our shoes, even though we wear them. We still wear the name of someone else. Instant gratification. Having a Mercedes, yet we don't have a house. Instant gratification. We do stuff like that on a regular basis. I believe we do that because of the long suffering that our people endured. We have become mentally weakened, no longer operating in spirit. We maneuver only in our flesh. No wonder our very existence is diminishing. How do we stop the erosion of our culture? of our people the question is when do we stop not how we know the answer we must first stand together as one until we are able to do that we will never stand well black fam those are just my thoughts I have been in heavy thought understanding my place in this puzzle I figured out that I'm not alone. I'm digging up the soil and attempting to find my roots. I ask that you all join me in this. Together, we can cultivate the tree of life. Well, fam, I'm going to call it quits now. 
Um, you guys can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter, um, Black Skin Mag. You can also find me and find new articles on www.blackskinmag.com. There's a cool article about Bob Marley that's up there that was recently um, published. You can also download my novel, Treacherous, Everyone Is at Heart. Now, for those who are heavy in the church, disclosure, this is not a religious read. No, it's not. I repeat, this is not a religious read. If you are sinfully sensitive, please avoid. (laughs) Not well. With that being said, it's time for me to carry on. It is I, Nita Rowe, Editor-in-Chief of Black Skin Mag. I'm checking out, family. Till I talk to you again. Much love.